Pat McAfee. How's it going, man? Life is good. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to chit-chat about Fourth Down. I've listened to the Fourth Down experience before. I've heard a couple conversations. I like what you guys are doing. I'm excited to be a guest here. This is awesome. You and Gary Vee were probably our two biggest influences just to give us confidence to go forward with the special teams podcast. So thanks for everything, actually. No problem. That's a real honor for you to say that. I appreciate it. Uh, I think my approach to the game is something that people could enjoy, so I thank you for doing that. And me and Gary V, uh, being in the same sentence is truly a beautiful thing. I like that guy a lot. Welcome to the 4th Down Experience, the podcast devoted to special teams. Your host of the 4th Down Experience, former pro free agent, nine-year professional kicking coach out of the Midwest, Coach Chris Hughesby. Alongside Coach Chris Hughesby is a former two-time Arena Bowl champion, nine-year pro kicking coach, rep in the South, Coach Brian Jackson. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience Podcast. I'm Brian Jackson, and along with me is Chris Hughesby, co-host of the show. We're excited today, guys. We have the first Brazilian-born football player, not kicker, not punter, not snapper, Brazil- the first Brazilian-born football player on the show in the NFL, Cairo Santos. How are you, my man? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, hey, Cairo. Welcome to the Fourth Down Experience. Bem-vindo, if that's the right way to say it. Welcome. That's right. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, you know, Cairo, uh, we've been excited and, and anticipating the interview with you, and we're glad uh, it, it's worked out. And, and you kind of, recent news, actually, as of yesterday, you kind of changed the format of how we were approaching this interview. So, first of all, man, you know, congratulations on uh, on signing with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, before we dig into your history, can you just kind of tell us about how, how that went about? Yeah, no, thank you. I mean, it was, uh, it's crazy, you know, being on this perspective, you know, being outside, looking in, and, and just kind of staying ready for an opportunity. Uh, this year, I've had five workouts. You know, I got to play two weeks with the Rams, so I just have to stay ready, you know, when, when uh, your number, your, your phone rings, and uh, I had a chance to come here and work out with the Bucks a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, they just told me, you know, see what happens but if uh, if we do make a change that i would be the guy so we stayed ready and, and you know i hate to see you know i actually know chandler really well we've trained together and, and even all the kicking changes that go on uh it, it's brutal business and we, we don't want to root for guys to miss to lose their jobs but it's the nature of the game and, and of our position so we just got to be you know put all that the mixed feelings behind and, and and just, you know, do our, our our job whenever our number's called. So it was a, it was a special day, too, because it was my birthday yesterday, my 27th birthday. So nice. we got that call, and, you know, it was a, a very cool moment to, to be signing a contract on your birthday. So do- Absolutely. Happy belated, for sure. Um, Thanks. Thanks. So all the all the listeners here, you know, Cairo, this is nothing new to him, right? So he, this is his fifth season in the NFL. Uh, he's with the Chiefs for three years, uh, played three full seasons there, and has bounced around a little bit with Chicago. And, uh, you know, when Greg the Leg with the Rams went down, uh, it was really cool, Cairo, to, to see you out there kicking for the Rams for a couple of years. And, and I love your Instagram posts. And you guys need to follow Cairo Santos on Instagram. Uh, I loved how you did like a nice tribute, you know, to, um, to Greg and, and, you know, to future, future endeavors and all that. So it's really cool to see that respect. Yeah. I mean, the, the way they treated me, I mean, it was, I'm a huge, uh, Sean McVay, uh, less need and LA Rams fan, just because, uh, the guys there, the people there, they, they treat everyone just, um, the best. I've been, very lucky to be in a great environment in Kansas City with Andy Reid um, and, and those guys, and also Chicago with uh, with Ryan Pace. I mean, it, I've been around some really good people, but LA, I mean, they treated me, you know, they welcomed me like, you know, they appreciated having me on their team to make their team better and continue to 
uh, you know, helped the, the undefeated run, and it was, it was special. It's just, Greg, they, they, he helped me, you know, as, as much as I was helping him with, with the groin issue, you know, his injury was a, the same I had that, that took me from, from you know, finishing last year with the Chiefs and, and the Bears. Uh, so I was able to help him a ton with, with how I, you know, got got past that and, and got it strengthened and all. Uh, and, and he helped me with, with pretty much all his knowledge with, with kicking. And so it was a very special uh, couple of weeks to be a part of, of that unit. You know, Johnny Hecker, Coach Fossil, very, very much respected in the, in the NFL. So it was a experience that you know like i said I'm, I'm a fan of those guys i'm a fan of the rams just because uh the, the type of guys that were there and i felt like you know for the two weeks i was there i was already i was part of their family when i when i left and and um and, and had that post that you mentioned that i was pretty much just thanking the whole organization uh and, and wishing them the best uh because you know, they're very special and i had Todd Gurley and a couple other guys messaged me. It was like, no, thank you, man. You you kicked the game winning for us, for us, you know, helped us win. And they appreciated that. And it was special. I mean, it was a very, very cool moment. Well, that's awesome. Well, so I don't know if this works like this, like it does for baseball, but if the Rams win the Super Bowl, obviously you want to win it with the Bucks now. If they win the Super Bowl, do you get, I think you get some of the credit, right? You get, you might get a ring out of that, right? If, if, if they were to make it, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think that could be up to the team if they want to give it to me. I will gladly make it. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought of that when you mentioned it. I was like, man, you might get a ring. You know, I, yeah, I mean, I had a, a game winner. You know, one of the wins. I, I <laughs> so, uh, no, but yeah, like you said, no, I'm definitely shifting the focus to I want to help the Bucks, um win as much as possible and make the kicks for the Bucks. So, um Definitely be rooting for them to, you know, if they get to that opportunity, you know, just because they're, they're special people. And if they, they remember me, uh, you know, they have my address. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Kyra, talk about talk about the workout that they put you through with the Bucks uh, leading up to your signing. Yeah, so I've kind of, you know, like I said, it was, it was my fifth workout um, of the year. And so I knew the other routine um, usually goes. And you, you normally hit between... 10 to 15 field goals, depending on the amount of guys that they have. It was only me and Sam Ficken, so we hit, I think it was 12 field goals and from various distance, and, and, and then we hit about four kickoffs. And, and that's pretty much it. But you know, the environment is, I'd say, you know, as much pressure as, as there is in the game. You know, you're kicking in front of every single scout. You know, they're all standing behind you, the GM, head coach special teams coach and evaluating every step that you do. So um, it was so I was fortunate to, to get you know, a few of the workouts to, you know, everyone that every workout that I show up now, it just feels more natural just because if, you know, I've had so many of those, but it's definitely um, a, a different environment. You know, it's not just there to train, you're not there, you know, you can't really afford to have a bad kick. You know, they're watching all your warm-ups, even though there are the chart picks. They're watching every single thing, so you have to be on point. And then I think I, I rose to the challenge and all, all all the workouts and and kicked really well at, at all of them. So I, I was confident that that an opportunity would come. And, and even though I didn't get signed at, at, at any of the workouts, uh, besides the direct one. Um, that coming back home and sometimes a long flight and stuff, we just kind of stay positive that an opportunity will come sometime. Yeah. So, you know, kind of with your journey so far, you obviously had a, a pretty fantastic career with the Chiefs, and just following your journey then, you know, you had fantastic fan support from Kansas City, and then you had a, kind of a few bumps in the road where you had little short stints here and there. What What did that teach you? Like about perseverance, or, or like maybe the mental pressure of, or ment- how to hand the handle pressure in general. Like, what did you learn from all that? Yeah, I think uh, the the main thing I put in my head was, you know, I didn't leave the Chiefs with a bad reputation. I I got released because I got injured, and and that's how the 
NFL goes. I mean, there's not an extra spot. And the team has to sign on their kicker, and they have to decide what to do with you. They're going to IR you for the year uh, or release you. And that's what happened. They decided to release me. Um, so I knew that I'm not leaving here because I'm, I missed a bunch of kicks or anything like that. So I just stayed focused, you know, just get, get myself healthy, healthy, and I'll, I'll have another chance. Um, and I did, and um, that chance came with the Bears, but unfortunately, uh, my my groin wasn't as as strong, I guess, as as I thought it was. But it didn't, it wasn't hurting me, it wasn't anything like that. But it just kind of didn't hold up going back into a, um, a week-to-week routine of, of practicing and playing in games. That sometimes can take a, a big toll on your body, and it was just. I don't think he was strong enough to hold, so unfortunately, um, had another setback with my groin, and ended up having surgery in December um, to kind of fix it all. And at that moment, I knew it was like this was the best thing for me because I'll for sure get it fixed, get it. Um, no, no more doubts with if this is gonna be a continuing issue. Um, so then I just. I just hit that that grind button every single day. To, I needed to get my legs stronger, my my groin stronger, and, and healed and, and flexible and everything. And um, it's fortunate to sign with the Jets, uh, but unfortunately, it was just the process was longer than than I anticipated. The team anticipated it was uh, it was kind of taking a long time to feel like myself again. And with that, I missed a lot of time. With the, the Jets, a lot of practices and, and, and training camp practices, so didn't get a chance to play in preseasons. Therefore, the team couldn't see me really um, do what I what, what they brought me in to do. And and again, it wasn't like a performance thing. You know, it was not like I, I was going and, and missing. You know, and not not being me. Uh, it was just I, physically I wasn't you know be able to. I wasn't able to to kick the with the with the power and um, condition that I need to uh, to play week in and week week out, uh, so with, without that, it was just like it was frustrating because you no, know, physically I was taking a long time, but mentally uh, I knew that you know once I just got this this thing passed, you know, past this this barrier, um, I, I could be myself again. I could go out there and, and be as accurate as like. I was and then as powerful as I was pre-injury, um, so it was definitely difficult. It was, I think, it was right about a, a year uh, of, of of that, you know, dealing with the groin and, and getting back to where I am now. So I'm just feel feel blessed to um, finally get that chance to to be back in the league and um, and it's continue to to do what I was doing and do what I love. Nice. Yeah, you know, Pyro, I mean, you you battled through a lot of adversity, adversity, and and it's inspiring to see, you know, you're keeping the dream alive. Like you said, you pushed the grind button, and you know, now you're back at the Bucks, ready to start a new chapter. Uh, let's let's like kind of rewind here. You know, you're a Brazilian born. I uh, assume you played soccer, what they say, football across the seas. You know, so like, how did you get into football, American football, kicking, and and then how did you end up at Tulane? Yeah, so I came um, to the United States when I was 15. It was my sophomore year of high school and came to study for one year and, and play soccer. I was uh, you know, right in that phase in, uh, in in Brazil that I was playing a lot of soccer. I wanted to be a professional soccer player, but it's so competitive down there that I decided to, you know what, I had some friends that came to play soccer here and they... They said you can definitely develop better and get more playing time. And the opportunities to get a scholarship uh, to go to university are much higher than uh, in Brazil. It's just the you know Brazil doesn't offer that that kind of structure that like the United States offer with the um, you know, quality sports programs and, and, and universities with scholarships. So I decided to give it a shot and. and come to the States and it didn't take very long for the friends that I was making in high school to 
introduced me to football and obviously go to the the football games and it's kind of like a tradition you know Friday night go to the the high school games and, and watch college on Saturday NFL on Sunday so it's starting to become part of my my life but still I didn't I hadn't really paid attention that there was only a kicker you know I thought it was just one of the guys that that kicked at a certain point um and then we were playing throwing the football around in our in our backyard me and my my host brother and a couple friends and they I couldn't throw it it was like just they didn't understand how to throw a spiral so it was like, no, I just kick it, and I kicked like four houses down, and they oh wow, that was like at sixty yards. Really, is that good? Like, yeah, I mean, like NFL kickers kick that far. Really, All right. I mean, sure, like I liked it. It felt good. So the next day, they convinced me after school to go practice with the football team, and so I I agreed and and decided and. They had, they had me line up for an extra point. I kicked it. And the coach was like, wow, who kicked that? And I said, well, this is uh, one of the Brazilian exchange students. And he plays soccer. And, and he wanted to come kick the football. I was like, sure, I keep kicking. And so we kept backing up, backing up. And that, I remember that first day, I hit a 50-yard field goal. And they told me, this is like almost unheard of for a sophomore. You know, first time kicking. To, you have a lot of talent. You can get a scholarship for, for this. So that that's when like that light bulb, you know, we see in cartoons, the light bulb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Was, I'm talking about that. And, and that's like, I remember it's like, wow, like I'm gonna try for both. I'm gonna keep playing soccer, try <laughs> this football thing, and, and see if it. Because I I wanted to be a professional I'm a soccer player, but being a pro athlete, I think fulfills that dream just as much. You know, still soccer is still my number one passion, but uh, you know, getting a chance to kick the football and score a field goals. It's, it's pretty cool, too. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how it got started. So I decided to graduate high school, so come back and study two more years here in high school and started to get offers. And Tulane was sort of the best fit, I think, with you know, D1 and closest to Florida. We played in the Superdome, which is a plus, you know, kicking in the worst half of the year. Um, and, and that's... That was it. I, I finally, you know, reached that that first the first step of getting a scholarship. Hey, what's up, 4D Nation? This podcast has been brought to you by NKR, the National Kicking Rankings Platform. It's the new and innovative national evaluation and rankings platform for kickers, punters, and snappers. Launched in 2017, this camp offers you a great balance of athletic evaluation and instruction. You'll get honest feedback and rankings exposure to college coaches, but this camp is brought to you by credible coaches with experience that will deliver a high-quality and detailed instruction to you. NKR offers an active social media platform that will give you proper exposure to all the collegiate outlets. This camp was developed by Brian Jackson, Chris Hughesby, and Tom Feely using a proven camp format from the last seven to eight years that specialists have come to love. Many of the specialists have received opportunities to play at all collegiate levels, including Power 5 conferences. If you'd like to attend an upcoming camp this offseason, visit www.nationalkickingrankings.com and check out the camps page. Or follow us on social media on Twitter at NKR underscore camps. That's NKR underscore camps. Or on Instagram at National Kicking Rankings to learn more about us and follow our growth. Come see what all the hype is all about and check out nationalkickingrankings.com. So... What was it like? All right, so just to preface this for our listeners, my wife is Brazilian, so I've I've got a lot of connection to Brazilians and, and the experience of being an exchange student. What what did your parents think when you went there, probably initially having this goal to be in the U.S. for a year, maybe come back to home to Brazil? Now you're kind of extending it because now you kind of have these opportunities to maybe get a college career and education. What What was that kind of experience like as an exchange student? maybe thinking beyond that one-year program? Yeah, for my dad, it was, he just kept almost, like, pushing me. Just like, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what are you waiting for? Just do it. Uh, I mean, he, before he met my mom, he lived in the U.S. uh, for a couple of years. He got his pilot license here. So, I mean, he he knew the American dream. And and my whole life, he's, 
used to come to Florida a lot, and you would say, "No, no, this this country is amazing." It's stuff like that. And uh, I was like, "Well, I'd love to stay here." And so he was very supportive of my um, aspirations to continue to study and and playing sports here in the, the states. So he was very thankful for me. It's definitely not cheap to do that. So he supported me, invested in me. Um, every opportunity that that I wanted, but for my mom and stuff, my mom, you know, just being, you know, I guess uh, I have a sister, but being the younger child, I think they they have definitely are a little bit more protective of the the young, the youngest child. So that she wanted me to come back to Brazil, and, and you know, she missed me too much, but I just decided no. Sometimes, if you want to, you know, reach your goals and, and make your dreams come true, you have to make a lot of sacrifices. And, and uh, most of the time, one of them is going to be being away from from family. And so that's something that is definitely hard. It's never going to be easy. But I think we've, you know, since that time, it's been 11 years since I've been in the states, and uh, you know, it's. I miss them. They miss me, but we understand that you know it's it's for a bigger purpose and, and both of our dreams coming true. So it took it took a little bit to convince her, but she finally gave in. Yeah, you know it's been a pretty cool journey just to observe, and you know I, I remember the first time you responded to me on Twitter. I think uh, you responded to, to one of my messages on Twitter, like right when you were getting out of Tulane and getting in the NFL and. I'm like this dude. This dude has a chance. So like, when you're at Tulane and you're having a great career, like when, or maybe even before Tulane, just just when was that moment that it clicked for you in your brain that you're like, wait, I can do this. I can do this at the NFL level. Like I have, I can play at the NFL. Like when did that aha moment happen? To be honest, it wasn't until um, my junior year um, because my 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 freshman year, I think it was it was a good one. I. I had a good uh, percentage. I, I hit some good kicks, um, but it's still like a lot of. Um, um, I guess I, in my mind, I, I thought in my size, I, I probably just don't have the size, don't have the, the leg strength, you know, that you see in NFL kickers and other college kickers. I, I still thought that like you know I, I could be overlooked because of my size. I certainly was overlooked. In, in high school because of my size so um i at that moment i still didn't believe fully in, in myself and then sophomore year I, I got injured and played through it i didn't miss any games but my my, my average dropped a good bit so i didn't have a, a very good year my sophomore year so at that moment i was just mainly focused you know i want to finish my degree either way so i'm Definitely want to get the good grades and, and maybe looking at my masters uh, and so all those you no know, B plan plan Bs starting to cross your mind and I don't know if it's because I wasn't thinking so much about it but um, junior year everything was clicking you know we we got a new snapper um, that was one of my best friends Billy Johnson um, he transferred from Georgia so. He added a lot of consistency to our operation, and everything just started to click for me. And that's the year I made 21 of 21 field goals and won the Luke Rosa and All-American. So I think that started to give me, and I had had some big field goals too. I think kickoffs, I was probably like a top five or so in, in the nation touchbacks that year. So I started to believe in myself that, you know, I. I have the power. I have the numbers, um, the accuracy, and I'm in the map now with you know, having one Luke Rosa All American. So it's that at that moment I think um, I started to make a priority that now my this could this could be a reality. You know, this is a uh, a new dream. You know, for, uh, you always dream of playing in the NFL, make it. You know, being a pro, but. I was very real with myself too if I had that talent or not and I think junior year opened opened my eyes to you know that it could be achievable yeah you know and big shout out to the short guys even even though 5'8 is still average somewhat average I mean you're short 
for the NFL. I'm even shorter. I'm 5'6", so I love it that you're playing in the league uh, just to help guys that that had those that have those thoughts. I mean, there's still guys out there that have those thoughts, like maybe I'm I'm not tall enough or big enough because, you know, they're going to go after the 6'2 guy. But you're out here proving it and showing it, and that's what's awesome about kicking. And even punting, there's 5'10 punters that are playing in the league that, that you know. I mean, there's there's 5'11", 6-foot snappers that you know. And it's just, those are my favorite stories. Uh, even even Will Lutz is a guy that, that I'm close with and, and I, I had the pleasure to work with for three years. You know, he's, he's not a 6'3", 6'4", guy. And I, I just really appreciate, you know, the shorter guys. Martin Grammatico was a kicker uh, that I that made me feel like, okay, maybe, maybe I have a chance. I mean, I'm a little more thick than him, but, but he's... He's five seven, and you know, Vendetary's five eleven. You know, so it's kind of like, all right. So I really appreciate you uh, being shorter. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, I, it, like I said, it's you definitely you know, hear the the stereotypes that, that often you know get get looked mostly you know, like I said, the tall guys, the ones that have a bigger arc in the legs. It's it's true that they can they can kick farther. Um, but once I got started to believe in myself, I started to work much harder to you know, prove that all those people that, that thought short people can't kick as far, can't you know, be as consistent, want to prove them wrong. So uh, I still continue to do that. You know, every pretty much every game I, I I play, every team that I join, I'm the shortest guy. I'm the lightest guy. But I learned to look past that and, and just kind of do my talk, you know, with my feet and and, and on the field. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely weird, you know, looking to the skies most of the most of the day. But, uh, Are there short yeah. jokes when you're with these teams? Do you, do they give you the short jokes? Yeah, the, the Rams was actually really funny. It was like uh, uh, first time I lined up for a, a kick in practice. Uh, they were like, "All right, we got Kevin Hart in the house." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, love the sense of humor uh, for sure. Yeah, you, you get the you know we got a what, what's the what's the equipment guy doing there with the uniform <laughs> on? Uh, whose son is out there playing? God, Cairo, you, you gave me ideas for the next time I, I see Brian in a kicking camp. All right? You, you're just giving me some ideas. You just gave me some ideas. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, Cairo, all right. So, you are one day into the Bucks. Did you have a practice today, or was it an off day? And what was it like? Off day? Okay, so tomorrow is, is officially day one, right? Yeah. Gosh, that's awesome. Um, all right, so let me. I, I want to ask you some Brazilian questions because, you know, you know, I've I've got that connection to Brazil with my wife and and with the kicking academy that I run, have developed some connections out there and 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 I I know that the Brazilian football passion is there for American football and they they love supporting you. What has it? What has your journey to the NFL been like from from the homeland from Brazil? What's it been like? Oh, I think it, it's it makes me really proud to to influence in their passion for the sport. Um, I've, I've noticed a big uh, rise in audience and just love for the sport in Brazil when I was in college. But I think having uh, somebody representing their country in the NFL, uh, you know, I, I hear you know, when I was playing with the Chiefs, you know. The biggest fan base in Brazil are probably the Patriots, Cowboys, Packers, you know, the 49ers, the very traditional franchises. And whenever I would play against those teams, I would hear from you know, social media people, you know, oh my God, my God, I can't roof against Cairo. You know, I, I hope he makes all the kicks, but that we beat the Chiefs. You know, they, they would have that passion, you know, for to, to follow me and wish the best for me. Say it's the same year, you know. Whenever we're playing against the Patriots, or, you know, the, the Packers, a year, no one's rooting for you here in this, in those in those teams in the states. But in Brazil, 
Um, you know, I feel like everyone was rooting for me to do well. Um, and I, I feel like I owe it to them to bring back and, and you know, with, with the camps I ran in Brazil with the, um, the last couple of years. And, and when I go there, I usually I try to get up with the fans and do autograph sessions at, at a mall and radios, TV shows, just so they can see me, be close to me, and, and experience the NFL you know, just, you know, that much closer if they can uh, in, interact with me. So um, it means a lot to me to, to you know, all those hard moments that I've had, you know, had to bounce back, and I feel like I have a whole country rooting for me, and, and they have my back when, when, when I need them, so it's, you know, I can't thank them enough for everything that, that they represent to me. That's awesome. All right, so that kind of will tie me into one. We have two uh, listener questions that, that were brought in, and so um, that ties into to one question here. This guy's uh, Carlos Lessa. I'm going to say it in English, and I'm going to do my best to speak it in Portuguese, but the uh, question was, uh, do you intend to do some more training camps in Brazil, and where? So now I'm going to try to say it in Portuguese, all right? It's, uh, você uh, pretende fazer mais algum training camp no Brazil e onde? That was good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I've had been... Um, out, you know, not playing this year. I had a lot of time to plan and, and uh, think about you know, next year and how I want to come back to Brazil and, and do. I didn't get a chance to do any camps last last year with my my, my recovery, um, but I definitely want to come and, and do um, you know a, a lot more than I what I've done in the past. Just something completely special and, and different, you know. And, like I said, I focus in uh, Sao Paulo because Brazil's biggest city um, in the past, but I definitely want to have a chance to see everyone and meet everyone by expanding into at least five or six cities uh, around the country. So definitely look out for that, um, and, and I want to see them. I want to see you guys in Brazil. Nice. So i got to ask you, uh, I, I see that you were born in Sao Paulo, so I, I know a lot about the state too myself. You do you have a, uh, a a team that you support from the Sao Paulo area, or what's what's your team down there? I know yeah. there's a lot of passion. Um, normally, it, it is like when you you're born in the state, or like you grew up in, a, in an area, you uh, you you root for that team that you're from, you know, your home. Um, your home state team, but since I moved when I was very little, when I was four years old, I moved to Brasilia, the capital. And Brasilia's got a bunch of different cultures. You know, they got a lot of Rio, uh, Minas, um, in them. So the team that I grew up rooting for since, you know, since I was a little kid and when I started playing soccer was Flamengo from from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, so. That that's not really from where I'm from, but it's the team that I I grew up uh, cheering for my my entire life. And I, and I would say, you know, I, I, I love you know, international soccer as well. I also grew up a, a big Chelsea fan, and I remember Frank Lampard was my all-time idol. Um, I was a midfield player too, so I kind of looked up to him when I was playing soccer. And, and Ronaldinho, uh, so. Yeah, I'd say still to this day, Flamengo's a big time um, <laughs> team. Nice. All right, so, Cairo, just uh, once, just just a random question. Once you started uh, developing a passion with kicking, um, and you started understanding you know, like steps back and over for kickoffs, uh, maybe like talk about um, you know your progression with your steps. You know, obviously you knew and learned to do three steps and two over for field goals. Uh, just maybe for kickers that are listening that want to learn a couple things here, uh, what was like uh, the best way for you to find your steps on kickoffs? Kickoffs, uh, I always try to like do it backwards. So I would start my run up. Um, I wanted to keep the same line as a field goal, like the same angle of attack as a field goal. So I would kind of put a marker. I would take my field goal steps wherever I 
end up or my stance would be I put a marker there like a line like a tape or a sock or something then I would run from the ball and I would take usually you know, watching film and learning watching other guys I think seven or nine steps are ideal for a kickoff I think if I want to put more power I'll do nine steps if I want to kind of hang it up more I do seven steps to the ball and so I would I would do those seven or nine steps from the ball along that line, that angle of attack from the field goal, and then wherever the last step, the seventh or ninth step was, I stopped and then marked that spot. So then that that new spot that I marked, that would be the one I would start now going back towards the ball. So I, 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 it made sense the way I explained it, but it's kind of backwards. Instead of you running at the ball and figuring out your steps, you run from the ball along the, the angle of attack line, and then you figure out what your last step was. And it helps when you have somebody watching you to kind of mark the spot better so you don't kind of slow down to, to you know, step and hold the step. And then that way you might throw off the your rhythm and stuff. So um, that's, that's what I felt like. <laughs> it helped me figure out my steps. And with that, too, we're, we're constantly changing. I'm constantly changing steps just to... Um, you know, I think our body changes we, as we get taller, which didn't happen for me, you know, unfortunately. But uh, I think from high school bulk up to you know your twenties, most people I think change in a little bit of height, change in weight. So I think everything in, in strength, leg strength, which affects flexibility, and you always have to adjust. I think you, it, for me, it wasn't I, I didn't have the same step all the way from high school you kind of always have to find what puts you in a better position you know at impact yeah and and i love that answer i love that perspective this is my last question Cairo, before chris finishes off with one or two more um so what's been interesting just to see just just as a kicking coach you've been doing this the last seven or eight years you know after playing arena football for a while you know it seems like in the league it seems like Kickers that are under six foot tend to be uh, a jab, like a three-step kicker. And it mm-hmm. seemed like the taller guys, like Suckup and, and McManus and guys like that, uh, a lot of those guys are two-step kickers. Um, you know, I was just curious, to what's your what's your take on it? Like, what's your thoughts? And, and if a kicker was listening right now and they were debating whether they should do a two-step or three-step, like, what would you say to them? And, and maybe your, your thoughts in the league. Yeah, I think the, the the main benefits to a, a two step that is uh, it's more consistent. You take the jab out of it, so you're you're starting from the same spot every time. And and you know, I when I used to jab big, I had a inconsistency with the the, the length of my jab. Sometimes it would be small, sometimes it would be long, and then that would affect where my plant ends up at, at the point of in, impact. Um, so I actually switched to a jet to a, a two step uh, my second year, and then I felt like I was I lost a little bit of pop, but I gained a lot more consistency and in, in my ball striking. And I probably a little over a year ago, I went back into a, a it's more of a catch I'd say than the jab, but it's just kind of a tiny little lift in and down um and that add me a, l- a little bit more momentum to that i feel like i was getting more pop on the ball and, and hitting the ball higher and further um mm-hmm. which yeah i think maybe i don't know if uh, the taller guys feel like they have too much arc so they try to control it by taking out a step um <laughs> that way they can be more consistent um so you know sometimes if you have too much arc you miss this can you hit can be long, but your misses can be off too by, by more than what a two stepper would be. So I think it's uh, it's definitely worth making the switch. It definitely adds more consistency. Um, it's just you know if you're comfortable enough with, with your with your range that you're not sacrificing too much distance. Um, but it, it's definitely something that I think NFL coaches look for um, if uh, they, I think they. They tend to prefer um, two steppers, so it's definitely something to 
give it a try and, and see if it works out for you. Oh, that's great. Well, you know, the, the good thing here is, you know, we, I think everybody tries to preach and you kind of portrayed it too, is you just got to do something that's natural and that, that, that feels the best and gives you the best kind of outcome in the end. And I think most kickers do play around with it. Cause actually when I was a kicker, I was a two-step and then later on in my career, I added a jab and I was like, wow, you know, I can, I can add more leverage to it. So it's just kind of personal preference, I think, on how you use it. Um, so just, uh, I guess I got two questions left here. First of all, for our Brazilian listeners who are listening to the interview right now, um, you guys are in, in luck because uh, we will be doing a version of this interview in Portuguese. So uh, you guys will get a chance to hear everything. And, and just in case uh, following the English version of this interview was a little challenging, we will do a Portuguese one soon. But uh, before I get to my last question, which is our staple question for every interview, I, I do. I was looking at your your Instagram account, which is Cairo Santos nineteen. How do you get a Cairo Santos hat? Because I think it'd be fun to sport your brand and what you do. Are those available for purchase ever? Uh, they were. They actually just uh, sold out. I only did a, a one batch, um, and I did my my big camp uh, probably two years ago. Sure and. I, I did some cool t-shirts and, and, and hats, but I definitely plan to, to keep it keep it going. Um, so I definitely keep you guys uh, and, and all the, the fans um, updated with that. But I thought it was a really cool logo that my marketing um, assistant um, or company uh, helped me do. You know, if, you, if you see, it's kind of like a, a C and S with my initials, and the S is a five. And it's the shape of a football, so I think it was a really clever um, logo that that I think a lot of football fans um, liked it too. Just you know, having that football logo with my name, uh, so I definitely want to keep it going. I, I, I like the, the brand a lot, and I, I want to continue to produce some cooler ideas and, and for hats and t-shirts. So stay tuned. Yeah, you know it's kind of interesting too, and I, and I love the concept and the look of it. You could almost take that S or that five and almost make it look like a Brazil, uh, the state of or the, the the country of Brazil. You know, you could almost like do variations of it. And I think it's it's fantastic. So, yeah, obviously, let us know when when the uh, when the new product line launches, and we'll we'll support it and help help promote it out as well. Um, but Kyra, so our last question we always ask everybody is, you know, based on your career so far. Um, what are what are five of your favorite NFL stadiums you've ever played in? Five of the favorites. Um, I think. Do I have to say them in order, or just the five? Just any of your five favorites. No, yeah, no order. Okay, so uh, I like the Arizona Cardinals stadium a lot. Uh, being indoors and the, the temperature, the air there just feels really nice. But like the ball carries a bunch. Uh, Denver Broncos. Um, the altitude. It's so fun to play there. I feel like you can hit it forever. Um, I think Houston Texans, it was really good too. Um, I always felt like the ball traveled well there at our NRG Stadium. Uh, it was indoors, so most of these are probably indoors. Is it a kick? Um, uh, Lambeau Field, um, it was very special. It feels like a what a soccer stadium um, would, would 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 be, you know, just it's a complete bowl and fans get really into it. Um, uh, was that four? And last would be Wembley, and they're probably my top one too. Um, you know, I know, it's not an NFL stadium, but you know, have a couple teams play there every year. I think it's a, such a unique experience, and for me. Being a soccer fan, uh, I feel like it's a temple uh, for soccer, and I've uh, seen a lot of Chelsea games there, and, and, and a lot of titles there. So I think uh, uh, that that one was very special to me to be stepping on my field, uh, like the same field that my idols played. So I think it's uh, that would be my top one. Yeah, you know we've we've heard Wembley a few times now from from guys that have had that opportunity to go over and play in London. Um, what I want to do, Cairo, I just want to, I want to end the, the interview on a, a, a our last Brazilian, uh, 
fan question. Um, a, an organization I think you're familiar with, the Real Football Academy. Um, what they wanted to ask you is obviously, you know, they they appreciate you know your support. You know, want to ask you kind of what your thoughts on how real the Real Football Academy is growing, and then they want to also find out kind of what your what your thoughts on how American football can keep on growing in Brazil, and then maybe what everybody collectively can do to make it better, and then how to try to send Brazilian more Brazilian athletes into the NFL. Kind of get your thoughts, and and actually if if you'd answer it in English, you know, maybe do a Portuguese answer of, of this one as well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, of those initiatives in Brazil uh, the past couple of years, and, and and that's pretty much what what keeps the, the sport growing in there. I mean, uh, definitely you know, all those ESPN, all those channels are helping the growth with showing tons. They show tons of games every week you know that's been increasing every every year they they show more and more games uh so the fan base is growing but what i love so much about those initiatives in brazil is that no one's getting paid i mean they there's no professional league there's no um no not really a huge market um you know to, to make money in brazil yet so the, the, there's tons of amateurs teams and tons of academies like that, that that do it for the passion you know the the people that play the sport there that, that love the sport they're paying out of their own pockets of, of another jobs to fund that passion so I think that's it's really beautiful about you know what's what, what football means to Brazilians and and, and and it is one of my main goals outside of football to to bridge that that gap and to bring the, the dream that I lived through football and continue to live to another another talented you know, young Brazilian that, that, that can kick a, a soccer ball far like I, I could and it could translate into you know, maybe playing in college, getting a great education, you know, just put, setting them up for a better future. That they would otherwise get in Brazil, so I think uh, it, it's with, with, the, with those initiatives like Rio Football Academy uh, and a couple other ones that are out there. Uh, you're doing that favor too. You're uh, inspiring kids to to start learning and playing the sport from a young age, and who knows, they can follow the same path that I did and, and live the dream that I I get to live. So I think that. Um, I'm so thankful that, that those initiatives are being made um, in Brazil. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, you know, Kyra, we really appreciate you taking 45 minutes of your time to talk with us about Kicking Lions. Um, listeners, make sure you guys uh, check out uh, his games coming up. He's going to be playing at the Giants uh, this coming up weekend. And so that'll be a nice first game uh, for the Bucks for you. Again, Kyra, we really appreciate your time, man, and, and uh, we're excited about doing the Portuguese podcast uh, here shortly, too. Sounds good. Yeah, it was a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me, and thank you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do it soon. Awesome, Kairos. Well, muito obrigado para todos, and uh, we will, uh, I guess we'll be, we'll be talking to you soon, and we'll be cheering from, from afar on your career here with the Buccaneers. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure, guys. Yep. All right, man. All right, ciao. All right, ciao. What'd you think, Brian? That was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. It was great. Super down to earth. Uh, can't wait to do a kicking camp with him in Brazil someday. Yes. That's going to be sweet. Um, but I'm really excited about the Portuguese podcast that, that we'll be doing in the next week or two. Uh, Cairo would like to do a, an all-Portuguese podcast with us. So make sure you stay tuned, guys. you got to subscribe. That way you get the notification uh, because Cairo is just a great guy. And, and uh, especially those that are from Brazil and that are listening to this to speak Portuguese, uh, you'll definitely want to subscribe to make sure you're ready for that podcast. It's going to be coming out in a week or two. Yeah. This interview was special. And, you know, for me, obviously, I have that Brazilian connection. So to, to, to kind of connect the dots a little bit more was great. You know, I thought Cairo had a great introspection about his life and career so far. 
which is really cool to hear. And then obviously, I think for you, Brian, man, you're, you're I, you know, I know you're a deep down fan of, of Cairo for various reasons. So I think it was just sort of, it all came together. It was, a, it was a fun conversation. I thought. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's inspiring a lot of kids that, that, you know, maybe you hung up on having the biggest quads out there or having to be six foot three and kicking the league or punting the league. I mean, the dude's five, seven and, you know, less than 200 pounds for sure. And, and he's dropping bombs and doing it for five years. And so it's inspiring. You see that he's such a good guy. Uh, he's really good at playing soccer too. So, you know, uh, for sure excited to collab with him in the future. We're going to have some fun times. Uh, guys, make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Give us a five-star review. If, if you're liking what we're putting out, give us a good review and, and just, just stay ready, man. We're, we're talking to some great people. Uh, providing a lot of great insight, great perspective, great value, great information. So give us a, a nice five-star review and, and uh, let us know who you want us to talk to next. Yeah, guys. Thanks again for the continued support. Just like Brian said, you know, we're we're blessed, you know, to to just make these connections. We've, we, we have a string of, uh, of well-known specialists and people in the industry that, that like what we're doing and, and they want to interview with us and, and, and share their story and we're passionate about sharing their story too. I mean, this was a, a, a fantastic milestone to work with Cairo, and and uh, you know we had the opportunity to, to interview with Gary Anderson, and, and we got a few other guys in the pipeline that that we think you're going to want to listen to. So thanks for everything, fellas, and fellettes, and, and followers, and everything. And uh, you know we'll uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Thanks everybody for listening to the podcast today. And just a reminder, if you need gear for kicking, punting, or long snapping, Wizard Sports Equipment has you covered. They offer quality products, quality service, and affordable prices. So if you want 5% off your next order, go to www.wizardsports.com. That's wizardsports.com and get 5% off your next order. And remember, enter discount code 4thDown, that's the number 4, T-H-D-O-W-N, to get your 5% off your next order. Thank you for listening to the 4th Down Experience. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th Down Experience.